0: Well, praise God. Get your Bibles out this morning, church. Woo! And if you would, go into the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings 18. You know, the greatest day of my life was when I gave my heart to Jesus. Hope y'all feel the same. And you know, it's been like a 35-year journey for me just trying to read and learn and grow and develop and... and uh, you know, I didn't do it because I was a pastor. I did it because I wanted to know Jesus. Hello? I didn't do anything I've done because I was a pastor. I'm sorry to tell you that. Pastor in the church was, God just told me all I had to do was preach from my overflow. And uh, that's what I've tried to do. But uh, I, I just fell in love with Jesus. I was just cowboy just headed down the road to hell. And uh, I know that now looking back, hindsight, you know, it's always 2020. that if I would have continued to do what I'd have done... Uh, I might've been a big rancher, but I'd have been, I'd have been poor man. I'd have been a poor man because I wouldn't have known Jesus. and wouldn't have served him like I should have, i I probably lost my family. I had all kinds of heartaches and problems. And I'm glad I, i glad I met Jesus and he just jerked my chain and whipped me around and got me going the right direction. Amen. And over the years I've tried to, you know, I've tried to learn and grow and develop and, and talking with people and, and, and dealing with people and, 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 their problems and you know my own problems and trying to just learn how to how to grow in the lord it's a journey there's you never get there amen we're never 100 percent there you don't just come to a place just because you're old been serving the lord that then you just can say huh, i've arrived never happens it's a lifetime just about time you think you got it all figured out within some other Yahoo shows up and things change or something, you know what I mean? And so, so what I'm, I've been sharing this last couple of weeks with y'all about, about building an altar. Because the bottom line is, you have to always deal with your heart. And if you're not willing to deal with your heart and the real true you on the inside of you, well then, I won't be honest with you, you're going to have a rough time. Because you're going to want the world to line up and the world to change to fit you, and it's not going to work. You have to learn to change and become who you are, called to be in Christ, who you are. And that doesn't mean, well, I'm, I'm, yes, this is who I'm called to be, Robert. I am the, uh, you know, the loud, abrasive voice of Christ. (laughs) No, you're not. You're supposed to be like Jesus. He's the example. He's what you hold up in front of you to measure yourself. You put him up and you look at him and then you look at yourself and see how well are you lining up? It's like me reading the story the other day in Acts chapter 6 of Stephen being stoned. And I'm thinking, could I have seen the face of, of God and seen Jesus standing up at the right hand of the throne of God? and had that moment and say i see him standing up at the right hand of the throne of god only place in the scriptures you can find where it says jesus stood up from the throne like raw yeah way to go and then they started stoning him and could i have gone from the experience of seeing heaven open and not picked up a rock and said you no good heathen and just started throwing them back i don't know i don't know that i've developed enough to have not gotten angry and just throwed rocks back. But Stephen sat there and said, Lord, hold this not to their sin, Lord, to their account. And my prayer might have been, burn on God, in the fire, and let them heathen." go. I mean, you know, because I, I still got some things on the inside of me I'm trying to work out and understand and walk with, you know, with the Lord when it gets to be, you know, I just want to fight. And so, but but we have our heart, and if, you have, if you've built an altar, like I preached a couple of weeks ago, uh, in, in, out of 1 Kings 18 with Elijah building the altar, and he put these 12 stones, these 12 pillars, and if you've got some pillars, some stones in your life, things that you will not ever move off of, like you're never going to convince me, no matter what, no matter all the evidence you ever got, no matter what all you brought before me, you're never going to convince me that Jesus Christ is not the Son of the living God. Amen. That he's alive and well and moving. I mean, I, I, I'm just telling you, I've seen too much in my life. I have seen God do too much for me to sit there and say he's not real. You're not going to convince me. All right. No matter what scientific proof, I, they come down, said, no, God came down. He's an alien. Come down in a spaceship. You know, I don't care. I know what I believe. It's in me. Honor is in me. I'm going to be an, I'm an, an honorable man. I'm going to be a man of integrity no matter what. I am not going to compromise. I am not going to steal. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to lie. There's things embedded in me that are the pillars of my life, right? But then there's also faith in me because of what the Word of God says. And so I take this and I build my altar, and that's the altar that I built to the Lord that I lay down before Him, my heart, and say, Lord, what do I need to be changed? What needs to change inside of me? Why do I feel this? Why why have I got this? This is a daily thing. It's a daily sacrifice that you have to go to the altar and lay your heart on there. So then Wednesday night is a great message. You need to preach it or preach about identity and uh, got into blind Bartimaeus. It was a great message. It, it, It was a really great message, not because I preach it, but I mean, I just, some things came out that I went home and wrote down myself. I mean, they were good. And uh, about blind Bartimaeus and how he threw off his beggar's garment and ran to Jesus. And that's where we've got to be in life. We've got to get rid of that identity and of and, uh, being a beggar. And we've got to quit being the victims. And we've got to quit being the, you know, oh, they did this to me and woe is me and all this. Because whining and crying ain't going to get you nothing. <laughs> Sorry to tell you, whining and crying get you nowhere. Whining to God, God, why don't you do something? It, isn't gonna, it is not what's going to get you anywhere. The Bible says there's one thing that moves the heart of God or the hand of God, faith. That's it. That's it. There's nothing else. And so everybody can wonder, and, and I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of things going on in the world today. I'm like, Lord, what, how's this playing out? I don't, what in the world's going on? You know, and I'll be honest with you, I don't really have an answer, but that's Okay. Because my trust is in him. Listen to me, the devil doesn't win. Already read the back of the book, we win. The devil does not win. There's no sense worrying about it. You think of all this, oh, it's happening. Listen, you just need to be following the Lord right now. And you need to get, you need to become awake and realize of all the crazy demonic things going on around you in the world. But we need to just have our faith and our trust in the Lord and be able to rest in him. Can I have an amen on that? You're not going to find rest in this world. Listen to me, it's gone. It's gone. You know, you used to be able to go out and uh, uh, just imagine this. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if you think that this is not rest. But if you wanted to go before years ago, back before the pandemic, you just want to go to San Antonio, go down the river wall, go eat at, you know, restaurants, sit around, just enjoy friends, watch everybody go by, you know, watch it. People, people watch, do whatever. like, I, forget that. You ain't going to find any rest in that anymore. You can't even do it anymore. You got to go down there and be masked up, run over this, everybody hollering, screaming, everybody's mad, everybody's grapping. everybody's complaining. I mean, there ain't nobody happy in the world anymore. But we should be. Because I want to tell y'all something. Listen, I don't care if you're mid-trib, pre-trib, in-trib, right before the second of the wrath of God poured out, trib, I don't know where you are, but I want to tell you this. We're still in God, and you're still his people, and God's got a way that he's going to make everything work out. Amen? (laughs) And so we got to get into that place. And so I talked about you got to change your identity. You're not a victim. You're not going to be a person who is victimized by this world. I'm not going to be victimized by this world. I need to learn to quit complaining about it. But I I mean, I'm not going to be a victim of it. Okay. And then, um, you see, my problem is, is I don't get out enough. And so I don't know all the protocols. Like I told you a few weeks ago when the guy shot me in the head with the thermometer and I didn't even know what was going on. And, and I, I just feel so ashamed that I've let that guy. Just somebody walk up and I, whoop, just shot me in the head and I can't believe it. Still feel disgusted that I let that happen. And I didn't do a Yah! move on him or something, you know, but just got shot in the head. Well, the other day I went up to a bunch of a group of people, and I, and I and I just was Robert, you know, just you know, I just shook hands at the first one, and shook hands at the second one, and then the other one looked at me, and and so he did this, and I was like, "What the heck's matter with you?" You know, what I mean, I was like ready to throw down. I don't do the elbow thing well, but I just not out enough. I don't learn. But see, the world wants to change it, but I'm not going to change. Hello. I'm just going to be the good old boy that always says, just, yeah. just keep it straight. Keep on going. And so we got battles. And so I've been talking about this. As you're, all, uh, as you're tearing your altar, you're going to have some battles in your life of having to struggle through that you're going to lay some stuff on the altar. You're not going to want to lay some stuff on the altar. No, you need to lay stuff on the altar. Struggling with it that way. Struggling this way. And the devil's trying to keep you from doing it because what I'm telling you is every time you start to serve God stronger, the devil's going to fight you harder for a moment. Just for a moment, hear what I'm saying. It's just for a moment, because as soon as you beat his head with the word of God, then you're going to gain victory over that, and you're going to be stronger, and you're going to gain strength. When I look back at my life, you know, because you, you know, m- you know, most of you all know, you know, you know, my wife and I, we weren't saved, then we got saved, and we started learning the word, we got radical for Jesus, and just living for Him, and just going on. And it's been a journey, and things that used to just freak me out. Then 40 years ago, now I don't even, it just this is just like nothing, right? But then there's another challenge, it's a little bigger. Now that kind of freaks me. But once I overcome that one, you know, well, then you just keep growing in the Lord. Amen. So you've got to you've got to understand there's gonna be some battles coming. So the message this morning is gonna be pointed towards helping you fight those battles, right? Because I've already made the case. That you've got to get these pillars in your life. I've already made the case, you've got to get your identity in Christ. And so this morning I'm going to say, now y'all are trying, so you're having some battles, and I want to help you with them. Amen? So I'm in 1 Kings, no, 2 Kings 18. It's the story of Hezekiah. And it's just a great story, but I need to give you just a little bit of background. You remember, if you if you know your history, your your, your Bible history, your Old Testament history, when after Solomon's death, his son took over and then he got in a, 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 a you know, a, a whatever uh, with, with. He was wicked. There ain't no other way to put it. He quit serving God and he was wicked and the kingdom was ripped. Right. And the kingdom was ripped from and it became two kingdoms, kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. And Solomon's son reigned over. The kingdom of Judah. But the kingdom of Israel, Rehoboam, this other guy, he reigned over it. So then after that, there was never one righteous king of 25, I believe, of the kings of Israel. Not one ever served God. Okay? And out of 20 kings of Judah, only eight were righteous and not all of them really righteous. Okay? Because what they did was... Um, they would they would they would say, OK, we're going to serve the Lord God. So set up and get the temple worship going back. But they never would go up to the high places where all the, you know, totem poles and all whatever else is up. There. I don't know what, y'all, what it was, but they wouldn't go up there and tear down the high places. There was people going up all the time, worshiping to other gods because all this. Pagan religion had come in, right? So It's hard to say they were really righteous because they were only half righteous, right? They only served, they served God, but yet they weren't getting the little things out of the life. Hello. Hello? Now, before you get all religious on me, you know, part of the problems with some religions, some denominations is that they tried to do everything by works. In other words, if you cleaned all this stuff out of your life, they gave you a list, get this out of your life, you're good. Wear these clothes, look like this, dress like this, you're good. But that didn't have anything to do with the heart. Because just because you've got the outside of the cup all washed and clean, as Jesus said, the inside was dirty. I'm more worried about the inside of the cup, hello, than I am the outside of the cup. Now, some people think that that's not right, that you ought to be worried about the inside and the outside, but I like if I have to choose I would rather take a bunch of scruffy ruffians to the throne whose hearts were pure who didn't dress right or didn't have proper etiquette hello didn't know quite the throne room etiquette <laughs> but our hearts are right okay that's the way I look at it so I'm not even shooting for the hundred percent I just I'm just trying to get 50 but out of the 50 I want your heart amen Okay, but Hezekiah did. Hezekiah, when he took over and became king of of Judah, he tore down the high places. He sent them up and says, get it all that. We're only serving one God. That's Jehovah God. That's it. And so Hezekiah was one of the good guys, all right? So here in chapter 18, it says, and he did that, which was right. I'm in verse 3, excuse me, 2 Kings 18.3. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father's did. He removed the high places, he broke the images, and cut down the, gro- the groves. He broke in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses has made, for unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and they called it Neheshton, And he trusted in the and he trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among the kings of Judah or any that were before him. Now think about this. <clears throat> Y'all remember the story when Israel was going through the wilderness and they got to the place, they sinned against God, and the serpent started coming and biting the people, and God told Moses to take a brazen serpent, put it on a pole, and everybody that looked into it would be healed, right, when they got bitten. Y'all remember that? So apparently all the days of, day of, of it had been kept... As a shrine all the way up into the days of Hezekiah. And the people had gone from, just think about this. That's the pole that when we sinned, God gave us some grace. To let let's worship it. It's a God. So what turned it out? What started out to be their salvation turned out to be their downfall. Are y'all following me? Isn't that what religion does to you? It starts out to be your salvation but then as you just become religious you're just playing you're not really got dealing with the heart you're not really wanting god to change you and make you a better person and you're just starting to deal with that then all of a sudden you're just like that worshiping the old brass serpents all you're doing hello that may be something that you had to find in your life and throw down and kill on the altar especially if you were raised in religious circles i'll preach to the camera here for a minute people looking at me strange you might have been raised in religious circles and you're trying to get some of that out of you. And some of it's good. It's not all bad. But there may be a place in life and you have to ask yourself on the altar of God, is this right or is it religious? Okay. So go to 2 Kings 18.7. So Hezekiah starts trying to do it right. And it says, and the Lord was with him and he prospered whatever, wherever whatsoever." he went forth. And so he rebelled against the king of Assyria to serve him. So the Assyrian king had ruled that area and he was making Judah pay tribute, tax money, whatever. And so Hezekiah says, ah, we ain't going to do it. God's with us. Uh Uh-oh. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. You know, I got to tell you this. I, I don't, there's no way you'll ever get me to tell you that you should agree with the devil. But I just want you to understand this morning, whenever you stand against the devil, there's going to be a fight. But don't get afraid because there's more with you than there is with him. And if you fight correctly, you'll win. You'll always win. You cannot be defeated by the devil unless you let him talk you out of it and don't do what I'm telling you. And then you're not really going to be defeated. You may be set back and then the Holy Ghost will give you wisdom and then you'll come back. But, you know, why get punched out in the 13th round if you don't have to? Okay? Okay. So he stands against the king of Assyria, okay? Now, go to verse 14. So Hezekiah king of Judah sent to the king of Assyria, to, to the Lashas, saying, I have uh, offended. Return to me that which, and, and you're putting me out, because see what happened. The Assyrian king came in and started raiding the cities. He said, oh, you don't want to put up, I'll come over there, I'll put a hurt on you. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, the king of Judah, 300 talents of silver, 30 talents of gold. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and the treasures in the king's house. So just hold on a second here. Let me explain something to you. You can never deal with the devil. Hear me. You can never deal with the devil. Compromise to the devil will always cause you to be defeated. You cannot compromise of the devil. You can't say, okay, well, you know, I want to serve God and do all of this, but over here, yeah, I kind of, I'll do this. You can't do it. It's all in or you're going to lose. You know why? Because the devil always wants more. You can't give him a little and think he'll stay over there and be okay. He's always going to want more. The wild cat that you started feeding. First, we'll eat out there in the yard, then it's going to work its way closer to the house, and then one day you're going to leave the door open, it's going to be in there in your bed. Okay? You can't compromise. There's no compromise. Folks, I don't even understand why people today, especially in our government and our situation that we're in right now, are compromising with the devil. We either believe the word of God's true, we stand on the word of God, or you're you're going to lose. There's no in between. Well, let them have that. They can go do that. You know, We'll let them have that peace. We'll give a little here. No. Listen to me. The only way in life that you can have victory in your walk with Jesus is that you set aside as a pillar of your life that no matter what, when the devil is found in your life, you're going to get him out. If the devil's worry, if the devil's strife, if the devil's rebellion, if the devil is whatever, whatever he's come in, whatever form he's come in that to defeat you, he will Come in there, and he's going to take a little, but he's going to take more. He's going to take more. He's going to take more. So you forgive everybody but this last one. You say, I ain't going to forgive that one. You've compromised. You started paying tribute to the devil. He's going to get you. Listen to me. He's going to get you. He's going to defeat you because you're not sharp enough to fight with somebody that's been around forever. So we want to be Holy. We want to be righteous. We want the blood of Jesus over our life protecting us at all times because you're not going to beat him. It's like I've always said, you decide to go on a diet. It's just the thing that to me is just like the, the, the biggest voice of the enemy. You decide to go on a diet, and you say, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to eat. So then you sit down in the chair that evening. You're trying to just not eat, and immediately all you can think about is eating whatever is in the fridge, Right? And so that's all you can think about. There's nothing else you can think about. It's just driving you crazy. You turn on the TV, try to watch a movie, try to do something else, try to get your mind sidetracked. Talk about this, talk about Jesus, pray. But in the back of your mind, all you're thinking about is wanting to go eat. And so then you go eat because you finally yield and you give in and you go eat. And then immediately guilt comes in. You're not even strong enough to stand against this. How are you going to defeat the devil in your life? See, it's always, he always has another way to pull it around to get you. It's best to leave him alone, serve the Lord, and lay on the altar every day and say, God, kill me, man. I got to act this. I'm giving you my life. Kill me, God. Kill me. Because then at least you're in his kingdom and he's dealing with you. And I would rather have Jesus be my physician dealing with my heart than me trying to sort it out in pieces. Hello? You're not going to win. You're not going to be smarter than the devil. He'll beat you every time. Okay, but this is where Hezekiah messed up. So let's see what he did. So then 2 Kings 18, 19, I'm just going down this whole chapter. So the the king of Assyria's captain, he was called the Rabshakeh, he said to them, speaking now to Hezekiah, thus with the great king of Assyria, what confidence is, is this wherein you trust? In other words, he started immediately coming against his trust in God. And listen to me right now. There is a Jezebel spirit flowing over this whole world right now that is, is really working on people to get people to, 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 to yield. But let me tell you something else that, that is within contained. It Maybe it's I, I'm, not, I'm not really up on my, my labeling spirits, but it, it, I don't know if it's a part of the Jezebel spirit or, or its little underling that works around with it. But is the one to try to get is there's a spirit that's trying to get the, the Christians today to say, well, where is God? What's he doing? Why had not God done something? Why is God letting this happen? It's a, it's a demonic spirit that's loosed on the earth right now. That's trying to cause doubt and unbelief to come into your heart that God's not doing what he should be doing. That's what it is. It's a demonic spirit. And until we as Christians start addressing devils as devils, you're going to keep fighting battles, mind games, mind battles with the devil, and keep losing. Because the minute you try to push this one out, then another one's going to pop up. And if you just keep thinking, oh, this is crazy, thinking I need to quit watching the news, whatever. Well, you may need to do that. But what you really need to do is start standing up and saying, no, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And that's the end of the story. That's what the word says. That's what I believe. That's the pillar on my altar that I sacrifice to every day. And God never has forsaken me. He's going to keep, he's never going to forsake me. He's never forsaken me. He's going to keep supplying all my needs. That's what you need to say. Because the enemy's going to come in there and say, look, God's not doing what he said he's going to do. Oh, what about so-and-so? Oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? Oh, look at this. Oh, why didn't God do that? Oh, what about this? Oh, and he's going to keep you just in turmoil at all times. And until you rise up and say, no, on the altar that I sacrificed unto my God, my heart every day, says he's a God of truth, a God of righteousness, and he is, and that's the end of the story. I talking to you. Until you're willing to do that, you're going to get defeated. Because if you just keep trying to argue with it, you're getting crazier. I'm sorry. It just happens to us. Now look at verse 22. He says, but if you say unto me, we trust in the Lord God, the Lord our God, is not that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and has said unto Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before the altar of Jerusalem. So in other words, now the the rabshakeh is coming against what hezekiah did he's trying to turn it on him he says yeah he's just trying to get you to come over here and serve this one god and all those other gods that he had up there you know that you said they were going to answer you so that's the spirit of religion crying out and you have to understand something the spirit of religion is what killed jesus don't be shocked in the days ahead folks When you start seeing religious leaders crumble and yield to this spirit that's flowing in the world today and going in there and you're saying, what? I can't believe. What? I guess, you know, because what it wants to do, it makes you compromise. It wants you to compromise and compromise your faith and compromise the word to say, well, we're going to let a little in and help those over there. I'm preaching really good this morning. I'm preaching a lot of good truth here. I'm just telling you what's coming. You want to, you want me to you want me to turn it into all a mystical prophecy here and say, yeah, hey, that saith the Lord, but I'm just preaching it to you. I'm telling you, it's going to happen in the days ahead. You're going to start to see churches crumble. You're going to start to see, see ministries that you would have never thought compromising and just turning into just little nicey, nicey churches and just little, little nicey, nicey things because you've got to accommodate everything and everybody's a little agendas and you're going to do that. You're going to see it happen. It's going to happen. They're going to fall. And I want to tell you something. We're not. We're not. We're going to keep strong. We're going to keep going on, preaching the word of God, no matter what they say. If they come out and protest us and say that we're deplorables or whatever, it doesn't make me any difference. I'm just going to say glory to God. Just don't get too close and don't push too hard. Okay. So anyway, that's going to happen. So here we go. 2 Kings 18.36. Here you go. But the people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's command was, answer him not. One of the best ways to defeat this spirit and this principality trying to come upon you is don't answer it. He gets really irritated when you won't talk to him. Matter of fact, the New Testament put it this way. Give no place to the devil. Hello? Hello? hezekiah was doing this in the old testament those people don't say anything to it. what he's doing saying don't give any place to it." in other words you just go yeah the devil comes up to jesus says you know bow down and worship me and i'll give you all the world and jesus says ah word says yeah the word says ah the word says he didn't get any discussion he didn't say what are you talking about i mean can you this would have been my this is why i'm not jesus because i'd have said to the devil what are you talking about you stupid idiot you don't got the control of everything else my father created heaven and earth and all the rest we smoked you out of heaven we'll smoke you again what are you doing acting like that to me that would have been my comment i would have got into it got all involved in it and got myself into a big hoorah and then ended up getting defeated where jesus has said the best thing is just give it no place they jump up and down and scream and holler Don't answer. Don't give them a place. Don't give it a place in your mind. Don't give it a place in your heart. It's only going to come in there and get a little, you know, just keep eating at you until it gets a bigger spot and a bigger spot. Okay. Now, I'm in chapter 19, 2 Kings 19. I am going to start in verse 3. We'll follow the story on out. And they said to him, Thus saith Hezekiah, this day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and of blasphemy, for the children have come to birth, but there is not strength to bring forth. So Hezekiah said, man, this is tough. The Assyrian army is outside. The Assyrian army is going to, looks bad. Looks like they're going to defeat us. Looks like they're going to tear us up. It looks like this is going to be the end. But he says, we we, we trying to the children of Israel are trying to bring forth a victory, but we don't have enough strength to do it. Let me tell you something. You do not have enough strength in your own self to defeat this because it's not by might. It's not my power, but it's by the spirit of God that he's going to work everything out in your life. It's not going to be by your great works that you're going to do this. If it did, then it would be you. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit more now, today than ever, because the Bible says, if you go read in John 16, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into truth. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal what's to come. The Holy Spirit's going to be showing you all things. We've got to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And forever, churches have run from the Holy Ghost. They wouldn't know the Holy Ghost. He walked in in a white suit and a red hat. Are y'all with me? Cause they're all scared of the Holy Ghost. They're all scared the Holy Ghost is going to jump on them and grab a hold of their tongue and make them speak in tongues. That's all they've gotten focused on in life. It's the truth. It's all they've gotten focused. On. Oh, I don't know. I have to go to be that. I might be speaking like the devil. Well, you already are anyway. So I mean, I don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> and they want to stay away from the Holy Spirit. Man, folks, listen to me right now. Be smart. Listen to me. All of you watching around the world, listen to me. I'm telling you, go be smart. Read John 16. Look at it. It says the Holy Ghost is your helper, and you need some help in this time to get through these days. So you may not understand all things, but I want to tell you something. You need a helper. You do know that. And your helper is called the Holy Spirit. And you can say, Holy Spirit, help me through this. Holy Spirit, show me something through this. Holy Spirit, I need some help. And it's all going to be okay. You're not going to get over into the devil world. Whoo! Always amazes me. How could you pray and ask God to fill you full of the Holy Spirit and get a devil? I've always been just amazed at people that would say that. Oh, I'm scared. You know, pray, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. You know, you might get a devil. Really? So I, I don't understand your thinking there. I don't understand how you could come up with that kind of stupid thinking. But the truth of the matter is you need some help. I need help. Hello? I need help all the time. Because like I said, that's the way my go in my, my life. I do all this. I say that. I'm, then I stop and say, Holy Ghost, I need help. And he's like, okay, this is where you're making the mistake. Stop doing this. Be quiet. Repent for that. Turn his and I say, okay, okay. Okay, now I'm back on the path where I'm supposed to be of rest. Thank you, Jesus. You got me back there. Who did it? The Holy Ghost showed me. It's the Holy Ghost that illuminates the word, it's the Holy Spirit that comes out and causes the word to be illuminated and comes into your heart. All right. You're not going to get through this thing without the Holy Ghost. All right. Oh, and by the way, I just heard that thought. You know, once I had a person come to me and say I should refer to him as the Holy Ghost because, you know, it sounds funny, ghost. You should be Holy Spirit's more reverent I said my King James Bible the first one I ever read said Holy Ghost and I've got Holy Ghost stuck in my head and I'm gonna say Holy Ghost so I want to say Holy Ghost you don't like Holy Ghost so well, then you need to do something so I'm bilingual I'm King James and new King James Holy Ghost Holy Spirit Holy Ghost Holy Spirit bilingual look at verse 7 2 Kings nineteen seven. here we go we're wrapping up he said he goes to Isaiah now, man, I mean, one thing about Hezekiah, if you happen to have Isaiah at disposal to help you along, man, yeah, it's a pretty good choice right there, you know? And so Isaiah says, Behold, I will send a blast upon him. He shall hear a rumor, and he shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Here's the next verse. Folks, in this time, in this day, we have to believe in the supernatural. You have got to quit looking at you, you, your limit, only based upon your abilities or your resources. We've got to look at the supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean, yes, in, 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 in the supernatural, you know, you, it, it depends on how much Hollywood you've looked at, but you say supernatural, and they're like, oh, there's devils and demons and oh my God. No, I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost moving in your life, making things happen and bringing things about, causing this event to happen, causing that event to happen, coming over here, changing that person's heart, doing like this, thinking that you're going to be defeated and all of a sudden, whoo, he's done something great. That's the supernatural, right? It's even the supernatural when you can't find your keys and you say, Holy Ghost, where's my keys? And you find them. Isn't it funny that all, oh golly, I'm so sorry. I repent for even having that thought, Lord. Isn't, that so, isn't it so bad that we've reduced the power of the Holy Spirit to finding our keys? Yeah, you need to get full of the Holy Ghost. You can always find your keys. <laughs> what? Is this the stupidest thing in the world? We've taken the power and the help of the Holy Spirit and reduced it to just finding our keys. <laughs> but folks, we need to be believing in the supernatural because I want to tell you something, the enemy, the enemy doesn't have that benefit. In other words, if you're gonna, if the if, if somebody that's unrighteous is gonna fight me who's righteous, I didn't say I was perfect, I said I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus. Well then you're gonna have to deal with that. that person's gonna have to deal with the supernatural. Because i plan on operating the supernatural i'm praying praying supernatural do you hear what i'm saying praying is supernatural right y'all act like that surprised you it, it praying is supernatural you're gonna pray and ask god to move and then he moves so that's supernatural and I'm just telling you all the wickedness going on right now it's going to turn all around and they're going to get caught in their own words. Yes. And they're going to get they're going to get it's this is not going to work folks. I'm just telling you you can't do wickedness and it's not going to catch up with them. Okay? So this is the next point is you just got to start believing in the supernatural. You got to believe that when you lay your heart heart on the altar of God, that the supernatural mighty power of God will be working and you will be changed. I'm believing I'm better today than I was yesterday. Are you all with me? Because yesterday I laid my heart on the altar and said, Lord, I don't want to go to church tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, Just joking. Now, 2 Kings 19, 14, all right, look at verse 14, what he did. So the Rapskos sends all these letters to him, basically telling him what he's going to do to him. And so Hezekiah received the letters of the hand of the messengers. He read it, and Hezekiah went unto the house of the Lord, and he spread it before the Lord. Listen to me, church. You need to be having conversations with God. You can call it prayer, you can call it conversation, you can do whatever. I've told you this a million times. It doesn't make any difference. If you want a prayer room and you want to light some candles and you've got incense burning and you've got a little holy, you know, a little music playing and this, is you know, until you get to the high place, that don't make me no difference. Or if you just want to sit down and drink a cup of coffee, the Lord in the morning said, Lord, we've got some issues here. Maybe you're more corporate You like to have a board meeting. okay is everyone present (laughs) father son and holy ghost maybe that's the way you see things i don't know it doesn't make any difference but maybe you're just like at the cafe drinking a cup of coffee with jesus and cheering everything but somehow or another you've got to have communication with heaven you've got to sit down on a daily basis And not just a few seconds and not just to throw up a little whimsical prayer and not just say, oh, God, help me today. No, you've got to sit down and you've got to lay out the case before the Lord. And let me just tell you something. It doesn't pay to be dishonest with the Lord. So there's no sense in praying and trying to act like he doesn't know what you're really thinking. So you might as well just get it out right off the bat. Lord, I'm mad. I'm mad because you ain't done this. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. I've just about had enough. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I'm about to slap down the the mantle on the water. I've had enough heathen all around me. But I know I can't do anything and I'm really getting myself in trouble. Can you help me out here? Are y'all with me? I know it's not your fault, Lord. It's my fault. I know it's not you, God, your God. Help me to understand. Holy Ghost, help me to understand. I need the supernatural working. If you're praying like that, I'm telling you, you're going to get somewhere with God. If you're just going up and having that little fluffy, got all the candles lit, all the stuff going on, you know, and you're just sitting there saying, oh, Lord, he that sitteth in the heavens, oh, how lovely thou art," You're probably not going to get nowhere. You're not gonna get much out of that if you don't get and be honest, okay? And again, just like I told y'all, I'm not worried about uh, throne room etiquette. I'm I'm wanting to know about the heart. And if you're pouring your heart out to the Lord, you're gonna get answers because it says if you'd ask him, you'll find him. You seek him, you're gonna find him. You ask him, you're gonna get something. You're gonna get an answer. Everybody say, I'm gonna get an answer. I'm gonna get an answer. But be careful because the answer may be, I can't really talk to you until you get this wad out of your ear that's pride, and I need you to lay it down for me. So then I can speak to you. And you're like, why are we talking about my ear? It's not a problem with my ear, Lord. The problem is this. And he's like, ear, you get it, it's stuck in your ear. It's a wad of pride in there that you've got to lay down. The other one's already deaf with unforgiveness. And so therefore, I don't It's just only this one ear I can deal with right now. Okay. So then um, did, I, did I give you verse 17? 2 Kings 19:17. He says, Of the truth, Lord, the king of Assyria has destroyed the nations and their lands. And that's where I'm getting this. Because he is stating the facts. There's a lot of Christians that believe that you can't. You never want to state the fact. You only want to state what faith says. But listen, a fact is a fact. There's a man in office right now calling himself the president that, uh, I mean, he is the president. Right? You say no by faith. He may have stole it, whatever, but they're calling him that and he's got it over there. He's got a card that says. And so I'm saying... I'm saying there's nothing wrong with stating the fact and saying, okay, Lord, this guy did this, but this is whatever, here he go. You've got to sometimes in life look at the reality of what's there. And then you turn your faith into it, and you said, yeah, Lord, but you say, and you go. Now, verse 19. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, I beseech you, save us out of this, uh, out of his hand and out of the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord, the God only him. Listen to me, folks. You're never going to get anywhere in serving the Lord and you're never going to get anywhere on the altar. If you're trying to get the glory for you, Lord, help me so I can look better. Help me so I can get this done right. Help me so my life will be easier. Listen, this is all about the glory of God. God's supposed to get the glory you hear what I'm saying? God is supposed to get the glory. Okay, verse 35, last one. Verse 35 here. It says, and it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote the camp of the Assyrians on uh, hundred fourscore and 5,000. And when they arose in the morning, and behold, they were all dead. That's 185,000. So the Shanachrib, the king of Assyria, departed and he went and returned and dwelt in Nineveh. And it came to pass that as he was worshiping the house of Nishrash, his god, that this dude came with his sons and they smote him with a sword and they escaped by the hand, by his hand. So, in other words, he got killed while he was in there worshiping his false god, right? And the angel came out and killed 185,000 Assyrians and delivered Israel. All supernatural. There was not a shot fired from the walls of Jerusalem. All right? Not a shot fired from the walls of Jerusalem. So this is the last point. When you're trying to have the Lord work on your heart at the altar, you have got to get out of the way. Can you imagine going into open heart surgery and you're awake and they split your chest open and you start trying to help the doctor tell him what he needs to do inside of you? Did you know, listen, did you know this? Maybe I shouldn't tell you this one. But do you know that on an airline, if you're ever on an airline and the mask fall down, there's hardly any oxygen in that mask. You know why? Because they don't want you up trying to fly the plane. They want you passed out back there in your chair, quiet, so they can get the plane on the ground. The amount of oxygen is not like it's going to go. It'll keep you alive. But you're not really going to do much to help and assist in the flying of the plane. (laughs) Nor are you going to help and assist the doctor in your own open heart surgery. Can you imagine that? What is that down there? Nurse, adjust that mirror a little bit. What am I seeing over there on the side? What is that thing? (laughs) Now imagine that with God, the creator of the worlds and the creator of you. And you've laid your heart down trying to tell him how to fix it. Lord, if you would do this and that and then arrange that, you might have to spin the world backwards just a little bit and then move this and put that in place. Then I'll be happy But what you need to do is you need to lay your face down right before God and say, God, you're God, and here I am. The only thing I'm doing is participating. I'm just showing up and laying myself on the altar. I want to be your servant. I want to walk with you. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. Get all this junk out of my life. Here I am. You do it. Whatever needs to be done. And if you're sitting here thinking, today's the day. He's going to show me how to get delivered from that. And he says, I want you to do this. You better just go do that. Because he knows how to work it around to get just what you need. Last thing, Elijah, he goes to the mountain of God crying out because Jezebel's trying to kill him. He's crying to God, there ain't nobody nobody but me he's singing woe is me goes up to the mountain a big thunder and storm comes by wind comes by breaks off half the mountain fire coming out there all these things like we're thinking we're wanting to see and then a still small voice still small voice comes to elijah and he says what what do you want he says, "Whoa, it's me, everybody, ain't nobody serving you but me. Jezebel, you trying to kill me, she's right back there, you going to get me. And God gives him this list and tells him the thing. Go look it up, it's in 1 Kings 19. Go look it up. Gives him this list, this is what I want you to do, I want you to go over there and anoint Jehu, I want you to do this, I want you to do that, I want you to go do this and that and the other, and then go get Elisha. And I remember years ago I was reading that. It's a great message I preached. Oh, on this whole, on just that part, but he was, he was, it came as a revelation. I'll never forget it. I was reading that and I was like, God, you didn't answer his question. He's praying here. He is earnestly praying here to you. you have blown side of the mountain off. You've done all this kind of stuff. And you're, and, and here he is praying to you. This is Elijah. This is a man called fire down on Mount Carmel. And he's asking you a question and you're not answering him. Why is that? And he said, I did answer him. I said, Where? He said he, what his problem was is he needed a friend, and I gave him Elisha because he told him go anoint these people and go down there and get Elisha as your servant to be with you. And he said, I did answer his prayer because what he needed was a friend. And I was like, wow, how many times have I missed it over here because I'm wanting the fire to fall or whatever, and what really was the answer was God gave him a friend. Something simple, and we didn't see it. So you kind of got to fall on the altar and say, God, you're God. You do what you want. I just know that here I am. And when you get there, it'll all be good. Amen. So look at that person beside you and say, you need to get out of the way. All right. Stand to your feet, if you would, please. I just want to encourage everyone out there watching, everyone in here. Listen to me for just one more second. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're, man, I, I don't know how you're making it, because this world, there's nothing stable to hold on to. Just about the time you think you've got something stable, then it's no longer stable. But I want to tell you something, Jesus is the rock. Bible says, Matthew 7, 24, it said right there that if, if you build your house on the rock, it will always stand. It'll always stand. And the only rock there is, is the rock of Jesus Christ. It's really simple. Jesus is the son of God. The Bible says if you'd believe that you'd confess it with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'd be saved. It's that simple. There's no church membership. There's no leaping through a hoop. No, there's simply the confession from your heart. What you really believe that Jesus is the son of God and asking him to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins. And he would. So for everyone out there, I just tell you, if you're watching today or you're listening. Right there, you can pray, and you can just say, Jesus, come into my life. And he will. He'll touch you wherever you are. If you're in here today, can I have my prayer team come down? If you're in here today, our prayer team's up here. We'll be, be here to pray for you. But listen, if you don't know, if you're not sure, maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you're kind of you're, you're uh, feeling like, like maybe you're being tossed to and fro. Listen, get on the rock. It's Jesus, come up with one of these these prayer team people, and they'll just simply pray with you very, very sweetly, and, and they won't do anything crazy, no snakes to handle or anything, just simply giving your heart to Jesus, settle it in there, and having that as a pillar of your life, amen, so I want to encourage you, I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you about this. You guys are warriors. You're going to do battle. You're going to see victory. Your pillars in your altar are strong. God is going to deliver you, and things are going to be good. That's what I prophesy. Amen. amen. If you believe it, say amen. amen. So, Father, right now I prayed over every one of them. I prayed over everybody watching, listening here today. Lord, I just declare that we are going to be warriors for you. We're going to be overcomers more than conquerors for you because Lord, you're going to take our hearts. We're going to lay them down on the altar of God. You're going to work things out. You're going to, you're going to create in us by the power of the Holy spirit, by the supernatural Lord, you're going to create in us and you're going to take us. And Lord, you're going to make great, 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 great servants of God for you. And Lord, you're going to get all the glory So I pray today, oh, Lord, God, bless them, touch them, minister to them, whatever they have need of. And, Lord, we just give you all the praise for it and thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, church.